What is up, folks? Welcome to the Emulsion episode 24. I'm your host, Justin Kana. Great to be back with, you know, just you and me. But if you missed the one-hour-long interview show that we had last week with Sam Bartolazzo, definitely make sure you listen to that next. I'm still kind of swooning over that interview. It's all news today, and maybe that's a good intro plug. Uh, My job here on The Emulsion is to share with you news and stories that matter to me along the way as a chef. I'm still growing, I'm still learning, still testing, and a lot of that for me is kind of paying attention to what everyone else is doing at scale using the internet. I give you the facts and then share my opinions I've learned over the past eight years of doing this professionally, and you get, you kind of get to join in on the conversation. That's why I record these episodes live on Facebook uh, and then post them to YouTube later. Uh, if you miss the live stream but still want a, a story included for the next week's show, go ahead and leave those in the comments. I'm pretty good about including everyone at this stage in the game. So without further intro spieling, let's get right into it, shall we? Uh... Sorry, I lied. I do want to kind of preface today's show that it may or may not be a little bit of a light one. I've always, always from the start said that uh, this show uh, is something where I want to only talk about the stories that I think matter, right? I don't want to cover these clickbaity or trendy or gossipy things just to kind of get listeners. I'm 100% okay admitting that for episode 24. So there's my preface. This might be an 18-minute episode. Who knows? Um... Today's beverage, because it is so um, late, I'm not doing coffee, I'm just doing water. Straight water out of an Nalgene bottle. Alright, so first up is a bit of a throwback video, actually, from a really interesting YouTube channel that Eater put me onto called Japanology. I've linked it up in the show notes for you, or you can kind of just go and search them on YouTube. It's a couple of guys from the UK that just go to Japan and do what a lot of us Westerners do when we arrive to Japan. We just kind of marvel at everything, and that's more or less the show. They kind of take a deep dive into a lot of different cultural things that Japan has to offer. Uh, But the interesting thing about this video in particular is that it's all about nigiri sushi, comparing kind of your everyday basic sushi chef, which would totally be me, by the way, I've never made sushi in my life, and a master sushi chef who's kind of been at it for years. So they'll take this piece of sushi and they do a a wind tunnel test between the two, which is pretty entertaining, and then they actually take an MRI scan of the freaking thing. Uh, They also do a pressure test where two different people are making the sushi and they kind of put a pressure test pressure-sensitive probe in their hand, and they kind of uh, show where the pressure is being put. It's really, really interesting to see the difference of where those pressure points are between the basic uh, sushi chef and then the master. Uh, It may or may not lead you to binge-watch the entire channel if you're into that kind of stuff. But uh, without further ado, we're going to move on to the next one. That was a pretty, pretty short one. You just need to watch it. I I can't... can't, uh, sell it enough on the, on the podcast, so that's something you need to kind of link out in a second. Next up is an excerpt from the kind of bigger podcast in town, and that is Eater's Upsell Podcast. Uh, they had Dine- Danny Meyer on the show, which is very, very exciting, the notoriously successful restaurateur and hospitality guru from Union Square Hospitality Group, and it is his answer to the question of kind of framing the perfect formula for a winning restaurant that really caught my attention. So I had a lot of really, really great takeaways from this article, but first I kind of want to give you a a few quotes from it. Quote, the impetus behind all of his restaurants has been matching the location to the desired chef 
and concept and then vice versa. And then this is Danny Meyer talking, quote, almost everything from that moment forward was finding a place that I was intrigued by and then trying to find what's the right idea and who's the right chef for that idea, end quote. Uh, quoting again, the more and more I find uh, interests me if I give, if you give me the frame. I'll figure out what kind of art belongs inside that frame and I'll figure out who to do it with, end quote. So this is something that I wanted to cover for multiple reasons, right? Um First reason is I'm kind of, you know, semi looking for a space of my own. And I mean, I'm definitely not in a place where I'm ready to like put down a down payment tomorrow. But, you know, every time I walk by a cool building with a four lease sign in the window uh, here in Seattle, I I do think to myself about how my concept, my my one concept that I want to execute on would look in that space. And I definitely feel like it's a different kind of mindset when you get presented with a location, a building, or a room, and you have so many other concepts that you're able to kind of tailor the food and atmosphere to the space instead of kind of forcing whatever you're working on into that space, right? So I have my one concept. Is there a perfect space for it? I don't know. But the idea of kind of reverse engineering the space to me is super, super interesting. Um, I wish I could remember the exact phrasing of it, but um, there's this quote... It's, it, he, he's more or less taking the restaurateur mindset. And the quote goes something along the lines of like the ultimate expression of creativity is being able to bring people together and be successful. That kind of curation element is what really, really caught my eye with this story. Um, for me, it, it kind of puts into perspective how long I've got to go for sure. Like not to say I want five spaces of my own at all, but who knows? Maybe it, it just makes you think differently of whatever work you're doing right now, hopefully. Next up is a story me and I guarantee a ton of my other fine dining peers got super excited for, and that is news that El Bui got uh, permission to repurpose the building, the old El Bui space, into what we were all promised basically back in 2014. So Chef Ferran Andrea is going to be turning the space into a research lab and exhibition space that hosts projects and more more than simply generating new ideas, they are uh, the space is intended to improve the efficiency of, cre of the creative process, end quote. So the project is called El Bui 1846, and it will, quote, become a living space from the end of 2016. Well, maybe that's a typo. Maybe it's supposed to be 2017, where a team of 20 people will work for six months a year in creativity applied to gastronomy, end quote. So the next obvious question is when does it start, right? Like how can you, how can any of us get involved? Even if it's not working, they're just going to taste something. Uh, there's actually some loosely translated quotes from El Periodic by Google that says activity quote, activity, will start in January 2018, but we can't really be sure yet whether or not that means construction or actual people inside working on food, uh, the perils of translating news. But regardless, this story is near and dear to my heart. Uh, Ferran was a huge inspiration for me when I was starting, especially in culinary school. I wanted to go to El Bui so bad, and I did have the opportunity to have the El Bui menu at Next in Chicago, so I haven't had his food per se, but I've had his ideas, I guess, if you can count that. Um, I've definitely transitioned a lot since then. I, I don't think it's a project that I'd be willing to drop everything for and move across the world for at this point in my life, but I, I'd, you know, I'd be crazy excited to have a meal there or maybe, you know, go there and stodge and shoot a vlog for it. I, I think uh, a lot of what they do is so abstract and kind of shrouded in mystery sometimes that I'd get a lot more value and entertainment out of demystifying it in that way and kind of like 
let very similar to this show, kind of letting you guys know what my 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 thoughts are. Um, and I would definitely learn a few things along the way in that in that format. I'd love to know what your guys' thoughts are on El Bui these days. Does it kind of still get you just as excited as it maybe did back in the day when they were, you know, the number one restaurant in the world? Or is this something that's kind of uh, they fizzled out? They've they're they're more or less washed up. They're like they're like a washed up band going back on tour. Like, how does this news strike you? I'd love to know. Go ahead and leave me a comment somewhere wherever you are, or go ahead and call in if you're on Anchor. Uh, quickie restaurant store closing news. Um, story that isn't really that sad, I guess. Uh, it's not being reported as being sad. It's a little bit sad for me just because I have a lot of great memories. Uh, Boulet, David Boulet's long-standing restaurant in Tribeca is closing today. It's actually, I guess, tomorrow already on the East Coast uh, in New York City. Um, it's so crazy. I did a stage there. I enjoyed a great meal there. Uh, when I was graduating culinary school, a lot of big names have gone through that kitchen and learned under Chef Boulet, like Dan Barber, Eric Repair, Anita Lowe, Christina Tosi, to name a few. Uh, it's not sad though. I guess he's not sad. Apparently, he's still going to hold. He's he's going to hold on to the space. It's not like he's losing the space to you know an apartment complex. He's still going to keep the space and use it for private events. But as far as what the the seasoned chef is working. on, now he's got brushstroke, which is his kind of Japanese concept, uh, Boulay's Test Kitchen and Boulay's Botanical that is opening opening in August. That'll all hopefully keep him a little bit busy while the current uh, self-titled space closed down. But hats off to Chef Boulay, um, someone who has had a fine dining restaurant in New York City for 30 years. There aren't a lot of us can that can say that, so congratulations to him. Quick side story. I'm not sure um, I'm going to go that deep into it because truthfully, I don't have a lot to say about it other than congratulations uh, to the winners that are being recognized. Eater just announced its winners for the 2017 Eater Young Guns uh, Awards. I've left a link in the show notes for you, but if you're interested in kind of reading a little bit more about the, you know, quote, best and brightest uh, on the up and up kind of here in the U.S. It was a story that we covered a few episodes back. I just didn't want to make sure that I left anyone hanging. So that book gets closed with me leaving that link to you. You can go ahead and check out all the winners. Our last story of the day is all about something that intrigued me. This is also our uh, non-industry story, um, but I think it might be valuable for you in a different way than it's valuable for me. Uh, and that is news that a guy that I definitely admire a lot, Casey Neistat, has just posted his first two mock episodes for his company Beams News Network. Um, so they're more or less all about putting a modern and very open source spin on covering the news, where they do deep deep dives on a lot of interesting topics from you know buying local weed, uh, legal weed to you know like farms where they'll kind of or I think they call them click farms. And politics, too, where they kind of enlist the help of real people like you and me to comment and ask questions and kind of get involved in the conversation, pretty similar to the emulsion, except for I'm not really owned by CNN. He's just released the first two episodes that he admits aren't really all the way fleshed out yet. They aren't 100% finished, but I really, really just want to praise them for showing how the sausage is made in that way, documenting these early stages, because as someone who was a fan of, of channels like SourceFed, rest in peace, SourceFed, um, I really, really respect people wanting to kind of frame news in an internet-focused, young demographic way. 
So if you're interested in getting your news from a new place, or even if you're learning, um, interested in learning a little bit, a bit, a little bit about some stuff you don't normally see in the news, I, I highly recommend Beam News. I, it's only been the first two episodes, and they're not 100% finished, but I'm, I'm a fan. I have no doubt their stuff will kind of find their way into this segment of the emulsion in the future. All right, with that, this has been the emulsion episode 24, a uh, special late night edition. Uh, short edition as well. We're only at uh, not very many minutes. This is going to be go down in history maybe as the shortest episode ever. But like I said, I just want to make sure that these are the stories that matter. Uh, a few things before you take off. I do happen to have some events, uh, some dinners happening here in Seattle from restaurants like popping up in restaurants to private parties on rooftops and even a farm event where I'm literally going to serve vegetables that come like from under from the soil underneath your feet as you kind of sit outside a table under some beautiful walnut trees. Ah, I'm pumped. Uh, so those just went live on my site, uh, justincona.com slash tickets. So go ahead and check that out. If you happen to be in the Seattle area, you and you kind of get tired of hearing me talk all the time and actually want me to cook for you. That's the place to do it. So as per usual, thanks so much for watching or listening. My name is Justin Kana. Have a good one.